This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp reporting that the 2022 Florida legislative session is officially underway. And we do mean Florida. In the gallery today is actually our reigning Python king, Charlie Docton. Where are you at? Stand up. Now, the previous year's winner netted nine pythons. Charlie caught a whopping 41 pythons. We've got lots more on Governor Ron DeSantis' state of the state, including highlights and reaction. But first, let's get this legislative session party started. A saxophonist played in the Florida House. Over in the Senate, it was a country-tinged aide to the Senate president singing the national anthem. For the land of the free and the home of the The land of the free part was what Senate President Wilton Simpson wanted to talk about. First and foremost, we kept Florida open and free. Faced with tremendous pressure and criticism at every step of the way, we held the line. We showed the nation that the free state of Florida respects the dignity of work. We showed that you can operate in a pandemic with facts based on science, not political agendas. We helped educate people to make choices focusing on protecting the most vulnerable and providing options for those who were sick without shutting down the entire state. If memory serves, Florida was a little bit shut down there in the beginning, but you get the point. Over in the House, Speaker Chris Sprawls was talking risk management and using COVID as his teacher. The conversation has, at times, been dominated by the extremes. The people who want to lock everybody inside their houses and those who think that the virus is a conspiracy to microchip the masses. The truth is that the average public health official isn't a saint and they aren't a sinner. They're just ordinary government bureaucrats who see the world myopically through the lens of their own work. They're no different than the insurance industry lobbyists or the nursing homeowners or the criminal justice reform advocates or the any hundreds of those who will come to Tallahassee this session. They spend their days looking through a narrow keyhole, and they see the world in monochrome. It's our job as legislators to see the entire horizon, the full spectrum. It's our responsibility to appreciate the complexities and balanced perspectives, to see both the risks and the opportunities presented in every issue, and to find the right path forward. The audience sufficiently warmed up. It was time for the main event. Mr. President, the governor of Florida. Let the governor be received. (laughs) Governor Ron DeSantis declared the state of the state free. Together, we have made Florida the freest state in these United States. DeSantis said COVID-19 restrictions elsewhere have made Florida even more of a getaway state. Florida has become the escape hatch for those chafing under authoritarian, arbitrary, and seemingly never-ending mandates 
and restrictions. Even today, across the nation, we see students denied an education due to reckless, politically motivated school closures, workers denied employment due to heavy-handed mandates, and Americans denied freedoms due to a coercive biomedical apparatus. These unprecedented policies have been as ineffective as they have been destructive. They are grounded more in blind adherence to Faucian declarations than they are in the constitutional traditions that are the foundation of free nations. Florida is a free state. The governor even had a new phrase for COVID restrictions. We reject the biomedical security state that curtails liberty, ruins livelihoods, and divides our society. And we will protect the rights of individuals to live their lives free from the yoke of restrictions and mandates. Florida has stood strong as the rock of freedom and is upon this rock that we must build Florida's future. In the governor's words, we were right, they were wrong when it comes to things like keeping schools open. DeSantis wants parents to be able to review curriculum taught in those schools and have recourse when things like critical race theory creep in. He also called for measures to prevent ballot harvesting, called for voting rolls to be cleaned, and for the establishment of an election integrity unit. Will the governor get all he wants, and were there any surprises in the state of the state? Florida politics state government reporter Renzo Downey was in the gallery for the speech and says, not really. Well, um, I wouldn't say there are actually a bunch of surprises today because you spent the last few months just kind of outlining his priorities for the coming session. And many of those points that he's made over the last few months, they did end up in his speech today. So if you've been following along, uh, I think you knew what to expect. Yeah, a lot of talk about this place being the freest state in the nation. Um, Exactly. You really drove on that point a bunch. Um, Based on... Is Florida actually the freest state or (laughs) what's the question exactly? (laughs) Well, there was a lot of talk about freedom today in the opening remarks from the Senate president, uh, you know, the leader of the House, um, and saying that we never shut down. And I was here uh, during the pandemic, um, and uh, it seems to me we were shut down. Yeah, well, you're definitely correct that, you know, there there was that period there that Florida was locked down, but, you know, that's kind of been forgotten when it comes to you know saying florida is never locked down never shut down um but i mean when it comes to public perception i think florida is probably you know winning out as being you know the free state i mean you're you're having folks that do seem to be moving here i mean i talked to somebody who said he moved from canada uh, to florida specifically because of you know what's being said what's going on in Florida. Indeed, and if you uh, are in the housing market at all now, you know that there are people from all over the country competing with you to find the house that, the one house that you like um, because there are so many people moving into the state. What of the proposals that the governor put forward in the state of the state do you think is his highest priority at this point? Oh, well, (laughs) 
Uh, he he didn't want to go ahead and say, you know, what his number one is. He he did refuse to say that when he was asked. But I mean, he's talked a lot about uh, elections. Uh, he's talked a lot about uh, schools, keeping schools open. And um, I know there's probably some I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now because there's just so many. Well, critical um, race theory, parental input yes, into curriculum. Critical race theory, yeah. So uh, there are proposals on all of these being introduced in the legislature. Uh, is the governor in a position to make all of this happen? Yeah, it sounds it sounds like there isn't really any. Uh, I mean, of course, we're just at day one of sixty, so there isn't any clear. You know, uh, there isn't any discrepancy yet between the legislature and the governor's office. Um, uh, in the in the past few years, they've kind of just agreed with what the governor said for the most part, except for you know a handful of issues. But uh, even with the uh, elections proposal, that uh, you know there might be some hesitancy to go forward with that in an election year. Well, it didn't you didn't hear that from the uh, Senate president or the House Speaker today? They seem to say, well, it's not our priority, but you know we'll. We'll consider it. So were you in the chambers today for all this or outside the door? You're in the uh, in the Capitol right now. Yeah. So uh, did you get a chance to meet the the Python King? (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. I did. I did get to see him stand up, though. So we had a perfect view of him. There's nothing more Florida than recognizing uh, the king of catching pythons um, in your state <laughs> yeah. of the state speech, I would think. Anything right. and what's, what else uh, in terms of your reaction? Uh, uh, there seemed to be, you know, it was a, you know, a joint session. So uh, the House had its Democrats. The Senate has it had its Democrats. Um, there seemed to be some try at a negative reaction to the governor's state of the state speech. Uh, which one caught your ear? Yeah, I, I don't know if I could personally hear anything just because, you know, in the press gallery, you got the feed that's coming straight from the governor's mic. Uh, but uh, you could see Democrats, you know, not standing up when either you may have expected them to on, you know, something more bipartisan or just, you know, in, in general, maybe, you know, not not giving the governor the uh, the applause in the moment. Democrats have an uphill battle on on all these fronts because they're just they just don't have the numbers. In fact, um, there's right. a couple of seats you know kind of empty right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. what do you see as the next sixty days? I mean, you're going to be in it until uh, it's over. The fifteen day. Uh, abortion bill was was introduced uh, on on the opening day. When when will these things? Will it be the very end that we see these come to a resolution, or when do you th- think the first big fight's going to happen? Uh, I, I mean, those. It's so hard to say right now. But if I just had to guess, that it probably is something that's going to be hammered out at the very end, just because of you know, how late something that big was announced. Which was your favorite in terms of uh, the House or the Senate, the saxophone or the singer? <laughs> uh, I got a little preview of the uh, singer the other day when I was, you know, just in the gallery uh, doing my own work, and uh, I definitely enjoyed that. But I was not expecting to get the uh, saxophone rendition, so <laughs> I think that was 
more of a surprise and uh that's going to stick with me a little longer. Yeah, I was going back through the sound, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts uh, before you get back at it? And, uh, you know, there's 59 more days. Just got to buckle up, I guess. Buckle up it seems to be a good thing to say. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Of course, there are Democrats in the State House, and while their numbers make life during session a grind, they certainly had things to say on opening day. Florida Senate Democrats released a nifty video response to the governor with the theme, you guessed it, freedom. That's why we're fighting for freedom. It's what Floridians deserve. The freedom to keep our kids and families safe. The freedom to run your business. The freedom to stay healthy. The freedom to be safe in your community. The freedom to protect our natural resources. The freedom to determine specific care for their child's well-being. The freedom to grow a competitive economy. La libertad para poder crear una economía competitiva. Gracias. The freedom to receive a high-quality education. The freedom to elect local government officials and let them do their jobs. The freedom to expect respect for your lifestyle. The freedom to access affordable health care. But Democrats have been and are now just outnumbered in the Florida legislature. So House Minority Leader Evan Jenny was sounding pretty Tom Petty after yesterday's State of the State. And we're not going to back down from anything. We don't care what the numbers are. We know we're going to get knocked down. We know we're going to get bloody. But you know what? We came here to do that and we're not afraid of it. And we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And Jenny said that includes putting up a fight against a bill introduced on the first day of the session that would ban abortions in Florida after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Without a doubt, uh, our caucus is going to fight tooth and nail when that bill eventually does make its way to the floor. Uh, I am a little surprised it took them so long to get it ready, uh, but perhaps it was just to make a media splash on opening day. Uh, I, I respect that. I've been around long enough to know that's, that's what folks do around here, uh, but we're ready to go. That's the one thing. These are the, That Mississippi uh, issue uh, and what the bill is really seems to be modeled on at this point, uh, that's something that we've all known about for quite some time. Uh, and have been preparing for that fight. Um, we will fight tooth and nail over that bill. Um, there are days on the House of the Floor in the Senate where we all get along. And there are other days where it is going to be a problem and people are going to be very upset by the end of the t- t- that individual day. Uh, when that bill hits the floor, it- it'll be one of the latter. While the session was just getting started, there was some voting going on around the state Tuesday. Daryl Campbell is one of four-way special Democratic primary contests to serve out the remaining term of Representative Bobby DeBose in Broward County's House District 94. It's not certain whether Campbell will be seated this session. That's up to the discretion of House Speaker Chris Sprouls. Former school board chairwoman Rosalind Osgood has won the special Democratic primary in Broward County's Senate District 33 as she looks to succeed a senator who resigned to run for Congress. Osgood defeated longtime community activist Terry Ann williams Eden. Unofficial results showed Osgood won 74% of the votes, counted Tuesday night. Osgood still has to face a general election, though she will be the favorite. It's not likely she's going to cast a single vote in the session now underway. That's because Osgood won't face Republican Joseph Carter in the special general election until March the 8th, three days before the session ends. 
And Gervonta Edmonds has won the House District 88 Democratic nomination. He will likely succeed Democratic Representative Omari Hardy in the March 8th special general election. Edmonds topped Clarence Chief Williams in Tuesday's special primary election. According to the unofficial results, Edmonds defeated Williams 65 to 35 percent. While Edmonds is all but assured the seat in the deep blue district, he'll still have to compete in a general election contest scheduled for March the 8th. Here's some of what's happening today in Florida politics. Attorney General Ashley Moody, Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, members of the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking, and business leaders will hold a news conference outside of the Attorney General's office in the Capitol at 10 to recognize Human Trafficking Awareness Month and announce a new initiative. Floridians for Reproductive Freedom, which advocates for abortion rights, will hold a news conference in the Capitol Courtyard at 1 to urge legislative leaders to preserve abortion rights. Representatives Felicia Robinson, Anna Eskamani, and Michelle Rayner, as well as Senator Chevron Jones, are expected to attend alongside leaders from numerous abortion rights groups. The Senate Appropriations Committee will get a presentation about Governor Ron DeSantis' proposed 2022-2023 budget early this afternoon. The Senate Transportation Committee today will take up a bill filed by Senator Jason Pizzo, a Democrat from North Miami Beach, that would crack down on stunt driving. We're talking motorists doing donuts and popping wheelies. And Florida Tax Watch's annual State of the Taxpayer Dinner will be held this evening at the AC Hotel Tallahassee University's at the Capitol. Nikki Freed, Ashley Moody, Jimmy Petronas, Senate Democratic Leader Lauren Book, and Senators Jeff Brandis, Jason Brodeur, and Anna Marie Rodriguez, as well as House Speaker-designate Paul Renner and Representatives Chuck Clemens and Randy Fine are all expected to attend. On January 12th in 1971, the groundbreaking TV series All in the Family debuted on CBS. The late American radio personality, author, and eventual Florida resident Rush Limbaugh was born on this day in 1951. And Florida's first lottery game, Millionaire, debuted on this day in 1988. The scratch-off game was so popular in its first day that many retailers who started selling the dollar tickets at midnight had sold out by morning. Convenience store parking lots were littered with instant losers. I mean, who waits to get home before scratching a ticket? The game was so successful that the lottery was able to repay its original $15.5 million startup fund in 17 days. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics. 